till we couldn't shake no more. We got down on our knees when cancer knocked at our door. We got kicked in the ass. We gave lots of sass. Oh, when it rains, it falls into this half full glass. Oh, thanks, cancer. Thanks, cancer. Thanks, cancer. Victories in the dark. You're listening to Thanks, Cancer. I'm Mimi Hall. I'm Leanna House. We're two cancer friends. We are not doctors. No, and we're not shrinks. We're not nurses or anything like it. And because of that, we are going to use some appropriately obscene language. Let's just call it salty. Anyway, we hope you'll enjoy it. This is the podcast we wish we had when we were dealing with our treatment. And we're on. Roll the tape. We are rolling. Nice. (laughs) I just dated myself. There's no tape. (laughs) I mean... There's conceptually a tape. We live in a high-tech world, which is part of the topic that we're talking about today. What is our topic? Our topic is radiation. That sounds illuminating. <laughs> You're glowing. I I do glow. You do. Maybe you glow more than me because you had radiation and I did not. Does that mean I have more cancer cred than you do? <laughs> I actually think it does. I'm not kidding. All kidding aside, I have a lot of respect um, because from what I've heard, it's horrible. It is horrible. I would, but horrible. I would choose to do chemo again before choosing radiation again. Oh, my God. I would do chemo twice. Why? It's really uncomfortable in this intangible, like, inexpressible way. It's like you want to unzip your skin and crawl out of your own body. It's burning you. (laughs) And it's burning you, like, all the way through. Like, it's it's not just surface. You're, like, in the oven. So I... But can't speak to any of this stuff personally, but I did do some research on radiotherapy and the history of radiotherapy. So what's that for like? this episode? So the X-ray, which was originally known as the new kind of ray, was discovered by Wilhelm Conrad Röntgen, and sounds. German? Yes, definitely German. (laughs) And um, it was discovered in 1895, and he did that lecture, The New Kind of Ray, in 1896. So, yeah, 1896. And it was called the X-ray because they didn't quite know how it worked or what it would do. So it's the X factor. So it's like the unknown? Yep. The unknown ray. That sounds promising. Well, it was a pretty interesting trial and error period. Nothing ominous about that. Oh dear. So within three years after he had done this lecture, so around 1900, 1901, he started publishing how to manufacture these x-ray devices. And they really took off. In the like turn of the century, there was a mania for like at shoe stores x-raying people's feet. And at fairs, county fairs, they were x-raying people. And would people just like be able to look on a screen? Or did they get like, they didn't get printouts of x-rays? They would look at through a screen. They would see how the person's foot looked. I think they might actually have had like those, you know, those films, those filmy x-rays that they got printed on. Because they would, it's like a photograph. So there was a mania for that before they learned that it could be problematic. But 
sort of during that time when it was being used in fun ways, um, a tinker in Chicago here in America got a hold of it. It was Emile Grube in 1901, and he was a tinker and he was a homeopathic doctor. He was mainly mainly acting as a pharmacist or sorry a chemist and a sayer which I think was basically like a pharmacist for homeopathic medicine but he was also a tinker so he was like out of the box thinking very much so he was quirky and he got a hold of the plans from Ronskin's device the x-ray machine and it took him a couple like a year and a half of tinkering and he got it to work so he did a presentation he went back to his homeopathic college and presented some of his findings to them and is he American he was American. I mean, okay. I believe he was French. Perhaps he was born in France, okay. but he was definitely living in America. We'd gotten his homeopathic degree here in America. So he was playing around with it with his left hand. And, you know, he was just taking photographs every day of his left hand as part of his own experimentation with the film. Yeah. In the process, he noticed his hand was getting incredibly burnt. So he went back to the homeopathic college that he had gone to. He consulted with his professors there. And basically, they said, yeah, this is something that we could use potentially to help with cancer because we're trying to kill cells. So maybe we'll just sort of kill everything and it might work for cancer. That's like some scorched earth thinking right mm-hmm, there. Mm-hmm. So he did a presentation and through that, there was this fellow, um, this doctor, his name is Ruben Ludlam, and he had a patient who had breast cancer. Her name was Rose Lee, um, supposedly. None of this is recorded, okay? Okay. Where where are you getting this from? The The American Cancer Society (laughs) and NPR, just so you know my sources for most of this. I mean, we should know the sources. Some of this is also just from information that I picked up reading Emperor of Real Maladies, which is a book I highly recommend. Anyway, so he put lead sheets around her breast. She had had a radical mastectomy, and she had a tumor that had metastasized. And dying of stage four cancer back in the day was ugly. It was horrifying. My grandfather actually saw out his grandmother dying of that the last four weeks of her life, and it sounds really awful. So that's why they were willing to take such extreme measures to do this. So he did it. Listen to this. You'll appreciate this. He gave her one hour of high-intensity radiation (gasps) for 17 days in a row. Okay. He was also treating a fellow named A. Carr who had tuberculosis of the skin, and they were both dead within a month. Oh. Right. That's a really rough way to go. Now, that was the doctor, the first doctor who tried it, but Grube went on to open up a clinic in Chicago, and it was really, it was very Wild West experimental medication, and it really took a lot of trial and error to figure out exactly where the dosage needed to be, how deep the rays needed to be, and how often. In in my very initial, very preliminary research that I did, and I'm remembering this with chemo brain from years ago, they used to think that you had to get it all at the same time, but they've since learned that if you get a little bit at a time, you get a lot of the 
killing cancer properties without the killing the rest of you properties. Right. And also you get certain specific side effects if you get chemo and radiotherapy together. They've discovered that. But listen to what happened to poor Grube as a reward for him you know, doing all this experimentation and bringing us radiation, he ultimately had multiple diseases that required over a hundred surgeries, which ultimately killed him because of his exposure to radiation. So part of this is the doctors who has like a martyr. Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, A lot of the early practitioners, they would like use a piece of their arm. It's urethma reaction, which is when you get red there. So they would actually just do a little spot on their arm to see if it was ready, like you would do with a baby's bottle. And all of these practitioners ultimately ended up getting leukemia. So they started to to institute safety measures for the people administering the radiation as well as the people getting radiation. So it's been quite a journey, but now we have like really dialed in. That's like stuff. the worst clinical trial ever. Exactly. And now it's it's come all the way to like proton therapy where they're really able to like go in and only like kill specific cells without killing a lot of them around it. It's sort of like dialed in so it only goes so far because most radiation goes right through your body. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's what that's the little history lesson of radiation. It's, it's like actually it. pretty interesting. I mean, it is pretty interesting like the what we've gone through in the last hundred years to get where we're at mm-hmm. which is better than we've ever had it mm-hmm. i think we're really really lucky yeah i mean i didn't feel lucky when i got told about all of this because i was i was hopeful that i could get away with doing less but when i talked to my radiation oncologist she told me that getting radiation reduced your risk of getting cancer 70 percent so if you are 50 percent to have a recurrence of cancer radiation brought that down to i don't know something pretty low 15 percent something more acceptable yes something more acceptable and for my i i like statistics so i chose to do radiation but the process of i don't know making that decision was not fun because like it's a very involved process it's a huge decision that you're making well it's a huge decision but just like the setup to get radiation is like okay so when you get radiation you have to go to get your body mapped because like you were talking about with the proton therapy it's not quite that advanced i don't think there's only a few of those machines in the world Right. right now actually that's the future i think but for the radiation they they make a map of your body. So you have to go in and get mapped first. And they have you like breathe into various depths to see like where all of your organs move when you inflate your lungs. And they want you to be perfectly still, right? When you're getting that ray that goes yes. through you. So well they map they map your body to like figure out where everything is. And the appointment where they map your body, in my experience, because I had breast cancer, I had like a temporary prosthesis inside my body that was super uncomfortable and every week they would inflate it a little bit more so your expander yes the expander so every week my body was a little bit different but in concurrently with that i'm going to these like radiation appointments where they're mapping my body and like trying to get me in the same position when like i am not the same body week to week and they're trying not to hit the breast that's getting inflated because 
that well, would be no i i only had the one inflation but like so the inflation has to be done before you start radiation but the mapping process happens like while you're getting expanded got it so they map you and in order to map you accurately they tattoo you Right. So I have five tattoos. They're all blue, which I thought was a boring color, and I asked if there were any color options. There were not any color options. <laughs> but you get little tattoos so that they can, like, line you up with, just like, little laser dots, sights. Right? Just, just little little freckles. But they're trying to, like I said, they're trying to get you to contort your body in such a way that you have the most, like, potential cancer areas and the least getting the rest of your body healthy in this radiation tissue field. right yes right so there yeah that was interesting because i had an interview about radiation twice um which i ended up not getting and they the way they explained it to me is they want it to go like through the breast that has the tumor in it you know for instance if someone were doing without surgery do you know what i mean or whatever right. the one that didn't have you know yeah it's, so yeah. they try to get like diagonally through so it goes into one side of your breast pretty obliquely without hitting the other one or shoulder or something right that was like the whole process of trying to map your body is super uncomfortable as you're going through these already very uncomfortable or surgical recovery or right. I was just else. realizing like you were recovering from surgery still and oh, yeah. chemotherapy. Oh yeah, so oh, God. my chemotherapy ended December sixteenth. I had my mastectomy January sixth. I started inflations I think a week later, and then I started radiation beginning of february wasting no time the other thing about radiation treatment is it's every day it's monday through friday same time same time and you go in and the appointment isn't very long like if the radiation techs have their act together it can be like half hour in and out maybe even less but you have to you know get undressed and you have to like put on your Johnny and wait in the waiting room and then you get shown in and the actual like active radiation radiating your body is I don't know really like a short period of time like they'll move this huge machine around you and it'll be like 15 seconds or 30 seconds at a time do you see anything or is it just noises no it's it's noise i mean you can see the light but i don't oh, think you can well you can see the light of like the aligning stuff i don't think you can see the light of no you can't see the x-ray but you can see the aligning so there's actually a beam that you see right yes there's there's a beam that you see and you're also like facing down the radiation machine every time they like try to contort the radiation uh, field okay with like plates of lead i assume so as you're staring at this machine that's in in front of you and like rotating around you you also have these like plates moving in and out of that field. Oh my god. Anyway, so you're, That sounds horribly science fiction. It is. It is a little science fiction. <laughs> and you're also, while that's going on, you're, you have these radiation techs who are talking to you through the speakers because they're not in the room because they're right, being Because they don't want to get leukemia. Right. They don't want to get leukemia, <laughs> which, like, I don't want you to get leukemia No, either. they need to keep doing their good work. But they're talking to you through this microphone and you want your body in the exact same position. So the radiation techs work to do that, but that means that 
you have to breathe in the same right. amount. And as you're recovering, your body feels different every day. So how much I breathed in yesterday is not how much I need to breathe in today. Especially when you have one of those expanders in and you've just had chest surgery. Every day I felt like I was failing this test of like how much to breathe because I had done it the day before, but every day is different. It sounds like the Bikram class from hell. <laughs> it kind of, it, it has a lot in common with Bikram. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> It really does, though. It sounds awful. Yeah, I, sh- I wish I would have known about 8020. Bad yoga class. Yeah, it was. Yeah, 8020 like, might have. <laughs> it maybe might not. Have I don't know. But the, the going into the hospital every day. Mm. Because, I mean, you know, you have so many doctor's appointments and it's exhausting. And you're at the hospital for these, like, marathon days. And all it is is, like, hurry up and wait because you're waiting for the doctors. And were you working during this time? Oh, I was working. So how did you do that? Um, it, I, I I cried a lot. Well, Anna. <laughs> I know. You it don't was, cry a lot either. You're no, a tough cookie. I do not cry. It's, it's Crying is exhausting. But I made my appointments... <laughs> At 7 a.m. every morning. Oh, great. Uh Uh-huh. This sounds horrible. Yes, so I would go in and get radiated. It's like the anti-cup of coffee. Good morning. (laughs) (laughs) Because radiation exhausts you. I've heard it's very tiring. Oh, my God. So I just went in before work, and every day I just was counting the hours until I could go home and take a nap. Did it hurt? Oh yes. So it's like it's like getting a sunburn that every day you're forced back on the beach with no sunscreen. Oh my god. Every day. Do they give you painkillers? I mean, you have usually leftover painkillers from like But it's not surgery. part of the deal. Like you just have to sort of suffer. Yeah, I mean, I think that if you talk to your radiation oncologist, which I called my radiation oncologist a uh, radonkadonk. <laughs> She was a rad onk. Anyway, she did not I'm appreciate that. I'm glad you were the person you liked, even if she didn't like the nickname. She did not like the nickname. Well, I bet she liked you. I, I thought that was even funnier that she didn't like it. I think that is funny. That's so, very new humor. That's good. So she, uh, I'm sure that if I would have asked for painkillers, they give you like little bottles of Aquaphor. The moisturizing lotion? Yeah, but That's like, not but like the Vaseline it. stuff. I know, but, like petroleum products. Yeah, well, to me, the Vaseline like held the heat in, so it I would because it's a petroleum product. So, what did you oh. use? So, my favorite thing to use was coconut oil because I found right. that was like very soothing, and you, you're supposed to get the I think unfiltered something in organic version. Organic, I don't like know. the most like the purest, purest version you can get. Best, um, probably most expensive. Yes, but I I put that on me, but that like seeps through everything and ruin talked about this again. ruin clothes ruin sheets like there's just anyway so if i could have like sat in a tub of coconut oil you'd be slipping everywhere that's a risk i'm willing to take <laughs> okay so the side effects other than the burning skin it's also cumulative so every day it's like a little bit worse and much like chemotherapy like a lot of some of the side effects take a while to come on and then they take a while to like turn off again um that's how it is with radiation so you get dry and red but you also like get super tight 
like your tissues all contract when mm-hmm. you radiate them. Mm-hmm. So it's not just my skin gets tighter, but also like my, I was going through to physical therapy at the same time too, to try to get some of my mobility back and like, you know, figure out lymphedema risks with the vasectomy. And every day at uh, physical therapy, I was like a different level of tight. And some of that like, I mean, I, I stretch a lot and I pay attention to it, but like the tightness is, was kind of obnoxious for me. And you had some issues with the tendons. Was it called banding? Uh, it's called cording. Oh, cording. I'm sorry, cording. Yeah. So yeah. when you traumatize your tissue, your lymph vessels freak out and harden. Hmm. Like guitar strings. Ow. Yeah, it's, it's a little weird. Um, you also get, with radiation, a feeling of fullness. Fullness? Yeah. Like, like it's like, like you're swollen? Yes. But you're not. But you're not. I mean, you probably are a little bit. But you're not as much as you feel. Like, you feel like you're really burnt like like a blister. And it's super heavy. Hmm. Like, it feels very heavy. I mean, I did, like, Tylenol or ibuprofen with that. Also, if you have any medical marijuana left over, you should probably use it. Do you think that CBD helps that kind of stuff? Or, I mean, so like... I didn't have the CBD oil. I've heard from other patients that CBD oil was like a miracle worker for their radiation. But you also get like phantom sensation. Right. They call it the zings, but it feels like a, a mild, like electric shock. Is it from nerve damage? Yes. They don't really know a lot about it. I think it's related to, like, neuropathy and... There's so much mystery in this radiation. I mean, I'm telling you, this X factor, the X-ray, that is such an interesting thing, right? Yeah, and it was also super unsettling because I would just periodically get shocked throughout the day. How long did that go on for? um, That went on pretty regularly the whole time I was getting radiation. Um, And then after it, like, it, it slowed down and trickled off, like, within a month or two. Okay. But the zings, I really did not appreciate. <laughs> that sounds awful. I mean, at least I have feeling. Okay, at least you're alive. <laughs> at least you're alive. I, I don't know. It sounds pretty miserable. <laughs> that's that's radiation. Okay. Do we have advice for people going through it? I would say that you should accept help during radiation. Uh-huh people want to help you you let them help you do you think you need more help in radiation versus chemo yes right well because chemo in my experience chemo was like a set period of time like i knew how long i was going to feel crappy for and it was you know a couple of days it was predictive it was a long weekend for my family to fly out right so that was very easy to get help for and it was short term but for radiation, it's like... A marathon that never... It's, yes, it's a marathon, and then all of the after effects, like, because it takes a while to, like, come back from radiation and get your, like, energy levels up mm-hmm. and all of that. Mm-hmm. I needed more help during radiation right. than I solicited. Right. I guess my protocol, I, I don't have a lot to add because I didn't get radiation, but I went through consultation. I had about two hours of consultation from an amazing doctor at um, radiologist. 
at Dana-Farber. Um, and I guess what I have to say about it, which I really appreciated that you did, um, is do your research. Do a lot of research before you have your radiology appointment. Um, understand what the statistics are. And also, one of the reasons that I did not get radiation is the fact that I had a bilateral mastectomy. So it was a choice for me. And part of that choice was based on reconstruction, too. And the fact that you can only get radiation once. Yes. So my thinking was, I'm going to get a bilateral mastectomy now. I don't need to get radiation. It turns out, actually, radiation would have been complicated for me because I have dextrocardia. So my heart was underneath the area that needed to be radiated, and it was backwards. So there have been no studies as to what's going on. So I would have gotten that proton therapy if I had opted to do it. They were going to send me to Mass General to get it because of my weird heart condition on top of all of it. But... In the end, when I looked at the stats for me, also based on the fact of how my body responds to chemo, I looked at that with the bilateral and I was like, okay, fine, I'm not gonna do this, but I can still do radiation if it does come back. Right. Which would involve removing the, you know, the implants and getting back in, well, depending on where involved. Exactly. But I feel like I reserve that. So I guess the thing is, my protocol is just do the research, get into it. This is not something that you want to take lightly. I'm a yogi and I was really, really scared about the loss of mobility. I was really afraid of that. And I, from what you are saying, I would not have been, I would have probably had panic attacks every single time I was looking that thing in the mall. And I have so much respect for what you went through. That sounds fucking horrifying. It, it was hard. I would say that if you don't take our advice to stretch, which you should, everyone should do Everyone should stretch no matter what. Like when you are going through radiation, like you need to stretch all the time. You need to stretch medicinally. Yes, you need to stretch medicinally yeah. because you, if you don't, show your body what it needs to be doing it's gonna forget and burn into a form stretch through it and do some exercise even if it's just walking because you need you need to show your body what it should be doing i think that's really true i think that's really it's true always isn't it you need to show your body what it needs to be doing true for all of us I, and especially if you're going through something hard I mean also like getting a foam roller you know what I mean just to keep the other parts of your body Happy. juicy and flowing because your body is systemically is dealing with a lot of dead dying cells well, because it doesn't the protons and the whatever it is that goes through you with with radiation therapy it doesn't just get your skin and your tissue like it gets your blood that gets circulated through your body so you have these poor damaged red blood cells so you need to like take care of all of you and it sounds like drink a lot of water which is a constant protocol of ours too yes you be hydrated should, you should be hydrated and my I, if I could talk to myself from before radiation, like, this too shall pass. It feels like it takes forever, but usually the radiation is a very set period of time and it doesn't last very long. It will end. Um, just don't struggle. 
<laughs> and maybe as a point of comparison, do some research on the history of radiation and thank God you're not living at the turn of the century like Rose Lee. I mean, we are living at the turn of the century, but it's just a more advanced century, right? I'm really happy about being on this end of things. Let me tell you that. Me too. I don't want to die in a stinking awful mess of my tumor exploding out of my breast. Well, thanks, cancer. Thanks, radiation martyrs. Yeah, thanks, radiation martyrs. I mean, they are saints. They are really saints of cancer. Um, because oh my god we should do saints of cancer i think it needs to happen okay let's do saints of cancer i like it although although today i don't have saints of cancer i have a cancer confessional tell us what what happened will you hear my cancer confession (laughs) i don't know that i'm qualified but sure (laughs) if i'm not who is i don't know (laughs) there's no one else here there's no one else here Okay, so last time we talked about shades of survivorship and knowing your context and, like, engaging the cancer community. And I should be an expert. I mean, I have a podcast, right? If I'm not qualified, who is? Mm -hmm. And what I like to do is follow survivors. So I really do... Before I comment, I read through a couple of posts and make sure I know where they are in their treatment and... I don't comment. You're not a troll. You're not a cancer troll. Right. I mean, I try not to be a cancer troll. But this woman, we'll call her Jay-Z, not her real name, Mm -hmm. she posted about how she hates platitudes. Like, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Mm -hmm. Like, she was posting about how she hated that. And I hate platitudes, so I was, like, on this bandwagon of hating platitudes. I actually like that platitude, but I know what you mean in general. (laughs) Okay, go on. So she posted about, like, what doesn't kill you just makes you tired and whatever else. Which is funny. Which is funny. And I commented that, like, just because it doesn't kill you, like, immediately doesn't mean that it doesn't, like, weaken you and make you more susceptible to things. She responded to me in her comments that I didn't see immediately because immediately after that she was like this is not the venue for this because she's like a mature human being and she deleted what we both had said and messaged me privately and was like hey I did not appreciate what you said because I disagree with what you're saying and I looked when I saw that I looked through her posts which I should have done before I engaged and she is a metastatic survivor She's a metaviver. <laughs> you you said in our last episode that life imitates art and that I needed to watch out. And it actually somehow boomeranged back to you. <laughs> oh my God. So, thanks, Leanna, I for taking that one. Out. Anyway, so. Whoa, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that happened. I, I am so sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry this happened. Well, um, but we had, I think, did I you hope, Did you end up like. I yes. You got back to her. Yes, I got back to her, and I was like, that was not what I meant at all. Like, she gave me a chance to explain, and I, we ended up having, like, a nice little conversation. Oh, nice. I, so all I was well. She, I hope she doesn't hate things, Cancer. I mean, you know, the thing is, though, like, it's just, it's, social media is weird and hard, and this is all new technologies, and, and I don't know. people don't want me in their Cancer party. You don't always want to go to the party on all days either. Like, we can't always be on. And the fact is, like, we're all just muddling along, you know, and we say things and do things. And it's like, we all have to, you know, if it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger. (laughs) Well, I will try not to. (laughs) 
I do like that platitude. I'm sorry, I don't like platitudes. I like that platitude. I mean, I hope I hope this will make me stronger. Yeah. And better able to engage with the cancer community. So uh, thanks, Jay-Z, for uh, giving me a chance to explain and not hating me because I am a thoughtless ding-dong. I'm going to say thanks, radiation. Okay, and thanks, cancer. Thanks, cancer. Hey, guys, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Thanks, Cancer. If you want to find us, you can find us on Facebook at Thanks Cancer, on Instagram as Thanks Cancer, and on Twitter as, guess what? Thanks Cancer. And if you enjoyed today's episode and you're so inclined, please give us a five-star review on iTunes. And subscribe. Yeah, definitely subscribe. And listen, we want to hear your stories too, so please reach out to us at info at thanksCancer.com if you have something to share. traffic stopped you lay on the horn and you ask yourself where is my cancer unicorn but we're at the gate with your cancer card we're your passport date cause cancer's damn hard oh thanks cancer thanks cancer thanks cancer victories in the dark <laughs>